0: Hi, I'm Sparrow. I'm 11 years old, and my favorite thing about Disney is the Marvel movies. I'm Stitch. I'm 9 years old, and my favorite thing about Disney is going on the Disney crew. And I'm Tony, their Disney dad, and my favorite thing about Disney is Walt, and our podcast is Disney
1: Discussions. Disney Discussions is a family-friendly podcast where we discuss all things Disney, sometimes Stitch.
0: Things are strong.
1: Find us at www.disneydiscussions.com, and you can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts, and it's Free!
0: free.
2: Hey, Star Wars fans! This is Ro from the Ever Imperial, Always Sunny Scarif podcast. Recently, it's come to our attention that there's been a security leak here on Scarif Station. I call on all our Imperial agents to be vigilant and to scan the Holonet for news and Rebel rumblings. I call upon you to access the Jedi Temple Archives podcast for the latest in Star Wars news. Again, this is Roe from the Scare of Podcast and that's the Scuttlebutt.
1: Welcome to episode 24 of the Jedi Temple Archives podcast. There is more knowledge here than
2: anywhere else in the galaxy. Only members of the Jedi Council are allowed access. Guarding the holocrons is one of the most important duties a Jedi
3: can be given. Do you think you're up to the task?
1: Star Wars fans welcome to another episode of the Jedi Temple Archives podcast I'm your host Rob and I am joined this week by my good friend and co-host Tom Howell. Tom welcome back. Hey Rob always good to be on the Jedi Temple Archives podcast with you. (laughs) I appreciate you being here and we are recording this episode on Tuesday September 3rd 2019. Before we get started this week, I do just want to take a quick moment to give a shout out to the Disney Discussions podcast. Tony and his boy Sparrow and Stitch uh, put on a great show. They discuss a lot about Disney, Marvel, and uh, Star Wars as well, and they just completed a multi-part series on Star Wars at Walt Disney World, so go check them out. Uh, They are a Patreon supporter of the Jedi Temple Archives podcast, so we're very thankful for that. And if any of our listeners are interested in supporting us on Patreon, we can be found there at www.patreon.com forward slash JTA podcast. We have multiple tiers and we're really looking forward to kind of connecting with some of our listeners that way. And your support definitely helps us put out this show and will open the door to even more opportunities in the future. So look us up out there on Patreon and hopefully it's something that appeals to you guys. And we are very much appreciative of your support. So uh, with that covered, we're going to go ahead and jump right into the show. Uh, For this week's episode, we're going to continue the theme that we had started on in our last episode, well, prior to the uh, D23 recap episode, where we started talking about bounty hunters. uh, And we're going to kind of divert a little bit from the bounty hunters that we became familiar with, in Empire Strikes Back and we're going to tackle a bounty hunter that is uh, part of the storyline of the Clone Wars and who is an incredibly interesting character Uh, I would definitely say that this is one of those characters that if you're looking for a good reason to watch the Clone Wars uh, that that Cad Bane is someone that you're going to really enjoy. Uh, He was essentially the preeminent bounty hunter during that period uh, after the death of Jango Fett and prior to the rise of Boba Fett. So he stood out in the galaxy as someone who not only was an excellent bounty hunter, but kind of specialized in dealing with the Jedi and uh, was engaged a number of times by the Sith for that very reason. So uh, I'm looking forward to tackling this topic. And I know Tom is a fan of the Clone Wars. You've got to be, you know, have some pretty strong feelings about Cad Bane yourself.
3: Yeah, he, he was always there for the tough job. They were if they needed somebody to get something done, you know. Later on, like you just discussed, Rob, it was always Boba Fett. And early on, although we didn't get much of him, there was Jango Fett, of course. But in between that, and you may, if you didn't watch the Clone Wars, you may not know much about him. But Cad Bane was kind of that guy, especially hired by the Sith. But uh, he was always kind of uh, running through and helping you know, sort of the devious Characters throughout the Clone Wars, and a uh, really interesting character with a really interesting
1: look, for that matter. Yeah, he is a member of the Duro species, and they are uh, the other uh, blue-skinned, red-eyed alien species that you run across in Star Wars. Uh, for those of you who may be familiar with Battlefront Two in campaign mode, you run across the Duros named Shriv, and that is certainly a character that there's a movement online to uh, to have more stories around shriv so that would be very cool but in terms of this particular character within the the Star Wars universe as Tom was mentioning he uh he definitely kind of has that gunslinger look he he wears the kind of the duster the long coat with a flat brimmed uh, sort of cowboy hat and he has some breathing tubes that he uses as well as some rocket boots and a number of accessories that were uh, in large part, you know, why he was so good at dealing with the Jedi.
3: Yeah. I mean, even the, the breathing tubes were allegedly, an aid to help him like if anybody wanted to force choke him that that would be a way to subvert that issue uh, so he was he was prepared for all these things but i i always think of him as like from he's such a striking looking character cuz it just looks like you know, uh, Clint Eastwood would write out of a spaghetti western only if he was, you know, someone from the Star Wars universe. It's
1: just a, a really distinguished look for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we'll get into it as we get into this episode. But he certainly was uh, someone who had a lot of confidence in his abilities and was pretty unflappable, which is impressive when you consider the fact that a character like Cad Bane or either of the Fets, they did not back down when confronted by any Force user, be it a Jedi or a Sith. And we're in a situation where they kind of felt like they could hold their own against any of those individuals. And I would say that is certainly a rare quality uh, within the Star Wars universe.
3: Yeah, most of them would uh, would run and hide if a Jedi or a Sith were to make an appearance in a room or, or cower or just kowtow to whatever they desired. But that was never, definitely not Cad Bane. And, uh, you know, we, from what we saw with Django and Boba Fett, uh, that was the case as well. Cad Bane, uh, and also an interesting character, and I'm sure you'll discuss this, Roth, that he always seemed to find a way to elude. Maybe he got a little captured, but he always kind of find his way out of a jam.
1: It was, you
3: know, he, he was... Not just, uh, you know, a muscle, not just, you know, not just a fighter. He was smart as well.
1: Yeah, and uh, certainly that was a trait that was recognized by Emperor Palpatine and his alter ego as Darth Sidious and one of the reasons why he was engaged by Darth Sidious uh, on a number of occasions to do some work for him. In a lot of cases, work that uh, you would consider to be almost impossible tasks, uh, and we will get into that within this episode, but you know, he, he was tasked at one point with stealing a holocron right out of the Jedi Temple Archive, and uh, the holocron vault was one of those areas of the, of the Jedi Temple, that was highly secured and thought to be pretty much impregnable, uh, but he found a way to make that happen, and certainly some of that was with assistance from Emperor Palpatine, i.e. Uh, Darth Sidious.
3: Oh, yeah. Uh, of course, the. <laughs> found a way to uh, get him in there and take care of that, and, and still kind of cover his tracks, you know, with this this bounty hunter is taking care of the dirty work for him, but finding the information that he needed to progress his uh, plan along, it's,
1: it's what he intended the route to be. <laughs> Absolutely, and the interesting thing about Cad Bane is that while most of what we see of him is within the Clone Wars, his story does start uh, within canon. Prior to that, uh, really even prior to the Battle of Naboo, so prior to the events of the Phantom Menace, uh, Cad Bane was engaged by Darth Maul on the smuggler moon of Narshada and uh, was basically tasked, along with some of his fellow bounty hunters, uh, Aura Singh, who we've mentioned on this podcast before, and a couple of other bounty hunters that we have not mentioned, True, Trill, Tech, and Vordelo, were uh, tasked by Darth Maul to acquire a Jedi Padawan by the name of Elda Kytus, who was a Twi'lek. And that was really for the express purpose of Darth Maul. At, At that point, he had been training in the Sith arts and really wanted to kind of test himself against a Jedi so that he knew if he was ready to start undertaking some of the missions that Darth Sidious had for him. And you know, he just wanted to see if he measured up against the Jedi and his plan was to acquire this Padawan for that purpose.
3: Yeah, I have not read that comic. I know that this comes from the Darth Maul comics, and uh, I, we've discussed it many times. We need to get caught up on our our comic reading. But uh, that, that's a fascinating story and an interesting way for Maul to want to kind of you know figure out if you know, this training he's been. Doing in the background with uh, Darth Sidious is,
1: has kind of paid off for him. Uh, fascinating. I, I again another reason why do we need to get into these comics for sure. Right, and this is uh, certainly a comic that I have not had the chance to to read yet. Um, one of the tricks with the comics is they have been so popular, I guess, that they have been coming out with a lot of them since, uh, especially since Disney took over the franchise uh, and took Lucasfilm under their under their wing. So uh, it's really difficult 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 to keep up with that, plus all of the novels that come out. Um, I tend to gravitate more toward the novels, and I'm suspecting that Tom is the same way. Uh, So again, it's a difficult task to keep up with all the content that they're coming out with, but this certainly seems like a story, especially knowing what an interesting character Cad Bane is, that it would be totally worth going back and catching up on.
3: Yeah, and they're just putting so much into these comics. We hear about it all the time. We talk about it week in and week out. It's, It seems like almost, I mean, obviously in the novels, there is plenty of great stuff coming out in canon about a lot of these characters providing a lot of depth. But they're even providing more depth on some of the characters you know and love in, in a lot of these comics. It really is interesting that the end yeah, not just, you know, these uh, this beautiful artwork that you see in the comics. No, they're actually putting in some real important facts, some real important um, backstory into
1: a lot of these characters, you know, and love. Yeah. The other interesting thing about this particular portion of the Cad Bane storyline is that it does cross over with the fact that at the end of this adventure, uh, Bane and his fellow bounty hunters ended up stealing a ship from the Onaka gang and that would be a direct reference back to the uh, gang of neer wells that Hondo Onaka was running uh, at this point in time, even prior to the Clone Wars. And for those of you who've listened to our episode on Hondo Onaka within Galaxy's Edge, uh, he is another kind of major player that we see both within the Clone Wars as well as Star Wars Rebels, and uh, certainly a person with a larger-than-life personality.
3: Yeah, there's a lot of discussion that people want to see him also in some live action-type uh, films. Who knows if he makes an appearance in uh, some of the new stuff that will be coming along here on Disney+, Plus, Maybe the Cassian Andor series. That'd be a fascinating addition to that. But, uh, yeah, we, we we can't talk enough about Hondo We We love that character. And, you, yeah, if you haven't listened to that episode, you should go back uh, several weeks when we really broke him down because he just is is a fascinating part of the Star Wars universe.
1: Yeah, and I don't know if you've seen the footage from the the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge opening down in Walt Disney World, but one of the things that they had done kind of for that opening day festivity was and the, and the dedication of the land was that they actually had a live-action Hondo Onaka character that came out. Uh, you could tell he was kind of lip-syncing to a recorded piece um, because it definitely sounded like it was a Jim Cummings recording, and, right. and that is the... Right. Uh, the very famous uh, Disney voice actor uh, who plays Winnie the Pooh as well, right? So, that's among many voices, go, but yes. Yeah, go figure. You got Winnie the Pooh voicing uh, a pretty hardcore member of the Star Wars kind of pantheon of characters as well. But that really did work out. I thought it was really well done. And I'm going to actually put in a clip of that right here.
4: Ah, there you are, my friends. Once again, I am Hondo Onaka. And welcome. ...to Onaka Transport Solutions. I hope you enjoyed the festivities last night. Nothing is too good for my newest associates. <laughs> and tell me, what did you think of my many, many ships? That Corellian is a fast one, eh? <laughs> you passed my first test. There's always a few bombs the first time out. But today, you are ready for my deal of a lifetime. And with no questions asked. Well, I can tell you, that is just the beginning. Oh, Chewbacca, Chewbacca, my fine friend. What seems to be the matter now? A problem? I don't recall a problem. I believe we sorted out our supplies last night. I <laughs> That's ridiculous. I would never risk lives over a little profit. There is not a single time I have done that. Mm. Well, I did say single time. (laughs) Ah, Well, never mind. Look, what is a few repairs between friends? Trust me.
1: So that was just a little sample of the opening ceremony. That clip was courtesy of uh, John Sicari at Big Fat Panda. And you can check out that full video on his YouTube channel. So as you can hear, I mean, they've they've got this set within Galaxy's Edge, and this is a bit of an aside to our topic, but uh, they could easily make a Hondo Onaka live action character work if they chose to do that. Um, Obviously, there'd be some kind of question if if they would have to find an actor that could do a fair approximation of that voice, but uh, it was really well done and entertaining to watch. Wouldn't be the first time we've seen a character be dubbed over, though, with uh, an, uh, using another person's
3: voice. So, I mean, if they could find an actor to portray him properly and then they could use Jim Cummings' voice, or if they did find somebody who, who could do both, that's great, but it wouldn't shock me if they did have this live action onto Anaka, and Jim Cummings still provided his voice.
1: Yeah, I mean, certainly what we've seen with, with the Disney uh, Star Wars content that has come out is they've been more than happy to kind of push the boundaries of what technology will allow them to do, and uh, I think largely they've been very successful with that.
3: Yeah, um, I know I'm a big fan, I, I believe you are as well, Rob, for sure.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, kind of moving along from the pre-Phantom Menace version of Cad Bane, we move into what we see of him within the Clone Wars, and this is where you really start to get a feel uh, for the level of skill and the level of, as Tom was pointing out, you know, the 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 highbrow manner in which he undertook his bounties. Starting off with one of the very first things we see him do within the Clone Wars is that heist at the Jedi Temple that I referred to earlier, where Darth Sidious had hired him to steal a holocron from that holocron vault in the Jedi Temple. And uh, he was provided by Sidious with a map of the Jedi Temple and a security chip with the temple security systems in it so that he could kind of plan around that. Uh, But he had a droid named Toto, he also had, fu- uh, hired another bounty hunter, uh, who was a Claudite. And again, for those of you who have listened to earlier episodes, you may remember that species name. Uh, but this particular bounty hunter was named Cato Parasiti. And, uh, if you remember the, the scenes within, uh, attack of the clones where there was an assassination attempt made on Senator Amidala at the time, the bounty hunter that was, uh, chased through the city by both Anakin and Obi-Wan and ended up, uh, dying at the end of that chase was a shapeshifter and that was a Claudite. So uh, that kind of gives you a little frame of reference for what we're talking about there. Uh, But the two of them, along with uh, Cad Bane's droid, did break into the Jedi Temple and successfully were able to steal a Holocron and I've got a clip of that right here.
2: Todor, are you done yet?
4: These things take time. Some
1: the droid you turned
4: out to be. I am a techno service droid. Looks like you were right.
2: Master Skywalker, I've captured the imposter disguised as a Jedi. She says the intruder's in the Holocron Vault.
0: A Holocron is no good without a Jedi to open it. What are they up to?
4: They must be trying to gain access to the communication center from the Vault. Let's get in there.
2: I'm not going to be able to do this without a diagram. (laughs) Kato, come in. Kato? What has happened? Something's gone wrong. Toto, is the hole finished. Yes, but... Go I'll... to the communication center. What? You heard me. babe the communication center will be crawling with Jedi. Why do I need to go in there? Now!
0: Okay, okay.
4: Communication Center. Let's go.
3: Yeah, if there was a Hall of Fame for Bounty Hunter accomplishments that has to be uh, up there on the top because can you imagine just trying to break into something as as secure i mean there's jedi that can't even get into the jedi temple archives and you know for him to be able to get in there get away with the arc with the uh, holocron and escape it's, it was an amazing feat for sure
1: yeah. yeah um and that actually that that holocron heist was for the in uh, the express purpose of obtaining a list of all the four sensitive children in the galaxy and we'll get into that a little bit later. All right, so after he'd escaped Coruscant with that stolen holocron, he met up with Newt Gunray, who was a character that we saw in The Phantom Menace and a small fleet of his Magnificent um, class star frigates, and they were able to kidnap a Jedi Master named Bala Ropal, who was a Rodian, and forced him to combine that holocron with a kyber memory crystal, and that is the Kyber Memory Crystal, which actually had the list of all those Force-sensitive children. Uh, and again, this was all part of a bigger plot by uh, Darth Sidious, i.e. Emperor Palpatine, uh, where he was going to essentially capture these, these Jedi children and raise them to adulthood kind of under his tutelage and become uh, essentially a, a group of Dark Side Force users that he could use for his the furtherance of his plans.
3: Right. Uh Bain tried to to make this work at, at which you said Robbie had to uh combine the uh, the memory crystal, along with the holocron, he captured Bola Rapal and was torturing him to try and force him to do this. Unfortunately, he got a little too rambunctious with his torture and ended up killing Bola Rapal. So uh, he needed to find a different way to to actually make this happen.
1: Yeah, and much to his uh, relief, one of the things that was occurring at the same time that he was in the process of, of interrogating Bola Rapal was that uh, Anakin Skywalker and his Padawan associates. Katana, who we've covered ad nauseum on previous episodes, uh, arrived to try to save Ropal from Cad Bane, and Cad Bane was able to leverage Ahsoka and capture her, uh, and essentially use that as leverage to force Anakin to be the one to unlock this uh, holocron for him. The bond between a Jedi teacher and his apprentice is strong, which means my master will be coming for me any minute.
2: Let's see if we can get him here any faster. Ah! You said we'd be safe back here. Come on, there's three of us and only one of him. It won't matter. Sir, a a Jedi is coming. He looks very unhappy. Ah! Your master has
4: gotten the message. You have nowhere left to run, Bounty
2: Hunter. Let me worry about that Jedi. If I activate this control, the outside airlock will open and she will be sucked into oblivion. Do you think you can kill me and then save her before she's pulled out into space? It's a horrible way to die. Besides, isn't negotiation the Jedi way? What do you want? This Holocron carries information I've been paid to collect. I can't unlock it, but you can. The last Jedi who had it wouldn't open it. I hope you don't make the same mistake. We don't have much time. Hurry it up, Jedi, or she dies. No, Master! Don't do it!
0: I can't let you die, Ahsoka.
2: Master, no!
0: We'll deal with the holocron
2: later. I'll touch it.
3: Yeah, again, shows, you know, we've talked many times about the relationship between Ahsoka and Anakin, and uh, just one more representation uh, to see how they felt about one another, how Anakin really appreciated his, uh, you know, his Padawan, his partner, essentially, his apprentice in this. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he couldn't just let her be destroyed in the situation He, he knew that this was not going to be a good thing and but you know they he could not have it happen in that
1: way Yeah, and we've talked at length in previous episodes about the fact that one of the things that you definitely get to see within the Clone Wars episodes is that Anakin does have this attachment that is going to be causing problems for him, and it gets leveraged on a number of different occasions to get him to uh, do things that he might otherwise have refused to do, and ultimately, you know, we all know at this point that that attachment is one of the things that leads to his fall.
3: Yeah, um, especially because all of his attachments kind of uh, departed him in many different ways for, for many different reasons. And since they were all gone, I mean, he was attached to all these different characters, all these different uh, people within his life. And the fact that they all, you know, again, left him in different ways, many of them set up by Darth Sidious himself, uh, it just it obviously was the biggest effect in, in the Anakin Skywalker
1: fall. Yeah. And that, I mean, that is an excellent point. We have talked, to the, uh, talked about it a little before that uh, the real tragedy of the situation with Anakin Skywalker is that, especially with the ability to watch some of these animated series, you see the depth of the manipulation that Emperor Palpatine uh, was engaged in really to cut these supports out from under Anakin Skywalker, uh, which is ultimately really what he wanted to do. He wanted him to fall back on the only support that he had left, which was Emperor Palpatine. And uh, as Darth Sidious, he was uh, clearly scoping him out for an apprentice first and foremost, uh, but ultimately I don't really believe in the true Sith fact and he thought he'd be a successor. Uh, Clearly Palpatine had plans for ruling forever if he could work that out. But he wanted the strongest apprentice that he could have and having a very powerful force user like Anakin Skywalker but then having someone who had all that rage and anger and fear uh, was ultimately what was going to create the best possible Sith apprentice for him.
3: Yeah. I mean, uh, Sidious had so many irons in the fire. Of course, the main goal for him was to create this war that, you know, he was basically the puppet master on both sides so that they would develop this giant army. They would this giant armory for the Republic at the time. And, that was his goal to kind of take over in that regard. And then secondarily, yes, you know, I'm going to build up an apprentice that I know can protect me so I can be there forever. So I have this strength behind me. Uh, yes, I'm in control of everything, but I do have this powerful ally that can take care of all the dirty work in my stead.
1: Right. Right. Uh, so at the end of, of this engagement where Bane was able to force Anakin Skywalker to unlock the holocron and be able, able to capture all this information from it, uh, Newt Gunray was uh, supposed to be the one that was going to provide his escape from uh, the station where this all transpired. Um, However, Newt Gunray in typical Neimoidian fashion uh, kind of overreached a little bit and expected Cad Bane was going to transmit all the crystal information in exchange for his escape and Cad Bane knowing that uh, the client that he was ultimately working for was not going to have anything to do with that, ended up planning his own escape. Ironically, in a way that led the Jedi initially to believe that they had killed him, uh, but he was able to escape and take that information that he had obtained from the the Holocron and the associated Kyber crystal with him and uh, provide that to Darth Sidious, which he then used for the next leg of uh, of his master plan. Right. One of the first of many times
3: that uh, Cad Bane found ways to lure the Jedi or whoever were his captors into believing one thing, yet he was able to find a way somehow to escape, get out and uh, accomplish what
1: he was originally attempting. So, uh, as we mentioned, there was a, a further portion of this plan that Darth Sidious had, which was then to obtain these four sensitive children so that uh, Darth Sidious would be able to indoctrinate them uh, into the dark side and use them as uh, what ultimately uh, you would have to suspect turned out to be the Inquisitor program, which we talked about in one of our earlier episodes. And as a byproduct of that, Cad Bane did actually end up kidnapping 4 four. Force-sensitive sensitive children Uh, the secret project that uh, darsidius was using them for was based on mustafar so there's a tie-in to the planet where we saw anakin and obi-wan have that climactic final duel in revenge of the sith and it was i think generally expected that that was kind of an out-of-the-way place no one was going to think to look Um, so they kidnapped uh, a rhodian child named we dunn and a Natolan child called Zintoa. So if you're looking to see what a Notolan is, that would be Kit Fisto, who you see is one of the four Jedi Masters that confront uh, Darth Sidious there at the end of uh, Revenge of the Sith. He's kind of got the green skin and the long uh, multiple head tails. Uh, that would be what a Natolan looks like. So those were the two primary ones that that get addressed in that particular episode. But the Jedi were able to actually track down Cadban and stop him from uh, kidnapping another young child on the planet of Naboo. And the Jedi then attempted to interrogate him uh, without much success. He was highly resistant to the interrogation methods, uh, but they did get him to take them to a space station where he claimed that he had the children and the Holocron stored. Um, Unfortunately, only the Holocron was there, but Bane then kind of turned the tables on the Jedi and sprung a nasty little surprise on them.
0: We know you've taken at least two children. Where are they? Beyond your reach. Who are you working for? I work alone. It is only a matter of time before we locate the holocron. Make it easier on yourself. What are you going to do,
2: Jedi? Torture me? I think the fear of whoever you work for outweighs your fear of us. This conversation is over.
4: We tore the ship apart. There's no sign of the Holocron
0: or the kids. Did you check the ship's navigation records?
2: They were wiped clean before
1: he landed on Naboo.
0: We'll have to use the Force to make him talk. Mm, I don't think Bane is that weak.
1: Maybe if we all concentrated on his mind together.
0: Mm, Using the Force to compel a strong mind to cooperate is risky. There is a danger that his mind could be destroyed in the process. Well? Do we have another choice?
4: Oh you will take us to the holocron.
2: Your
0: yeah, mind tricks don't work on me. You will take us to the holocron.
2: Forget it. You will take us
0: to the holocron. I... I won't...
2: And you will take us. Now! I will take you. No! Get out of my head!
4: Perhaps we should try again. I... I've had enough of that.
2: I'll take you to the Holocron. You'll get your children.
0: I do not sense any children nearby. Neither do I. Where are you keeping the children? The children are safe. But
2: first, there is your precious holocron. Let me get it for you. No more of
0: your tricks. Blast! You certainly stepped in it this time.
2: Jedi!
3: shocking <laughs> he's one step ahead again ready to go in case he was captured he had a plan in place and uh, again found his way out of the the sludge out of the mix and, and got away with it
1: right uh and that really is a recurring theme with him he tended to have kind of plans within plans and he always kind of had multiple escape routes uh, laid out so that no one was really ever going to get the best of him and that really was Kind of one of the keys to his success over the course of the Clone Wars, uh, it was very difficult not only to pin him down and capture him, but even when that did occur, um, he tended to have a plan waiting in the wings. And I think it's kind of uh, unspoken within the Clone Wars that the fact that he was such a reliable resource for Darth uh kind of meant that he was going to have a get-out-of-jail-free card, uh, whether it was official or not. Um, where he would basically be able to escape even if he was captured.
3: Yeah, I mean, like you said, Robbie, always seemed to have some sort of backup plan in case some things went awry. But he was also, you know, really intelligent and think on his feet and think on the fly and and made things happen when things weren't exactly going as he expected. So, uh, he, again, just one of the more reasons that Cad Bane is, is such an interesting, interesting character.
1: Right. Now, the next major job that he undertook was taking the Senators hostage at the Imperial Senate on Coruscant. It was a job that he got from Job of the Hut, uh, and it was to free another Hut character named Zero the Hut uh from a high security prison that the Republic kept there on Coruscant. So Zero was Zero was the perfect game for Zero. It was, it was. It was uh not exactly your typical Hut. It was uh Jabba was always kind of so boisterous and, uh, so, you know, cocky with, with his behavior and Zero always seemed to be a little bit slimy and always looking for a way out of whatever situation that, uh, that he'd got himself in. So, uh, definitely an interesting character. Um, certainly visually striking, very colorful for a hut.
3: Yeah. Not quite as uh, slimy in a different way than what <laughs> right. you remember from Jabba the Hutt, but yeah, it just still slimy, just the same. But uh, yes, a fascinating character, a funny character actually. But yeah, just kind of you know you expect from like Jabba. I mean, he always was in control, you know, and that was the exact opposite with Zero. He, he just never felt like he was complete control. He was always trying to weasel his out, way out of everything that he he could uh, you know accomplish and. And find a way to weasel into certain things. It was, uh, like I said, it's Clone Wars. So many fascinating characters in the Clone Wars.
1: Right. One of the interesting things about the whole issue with the, uh, the Senate hostage situation and, and Cad Bane's involvement in that was after actually successfully taking the Senator's hostage, uh, his play was to then contact Emperor Palpatine and request a pardon disc be issued for Zero the Hut, not knowing at that point that Emperor Palpatine was in fact the Sith Lord that was uh, hiring him to do all these other tasks. So kind of a bad play on his part. But ultimately, uh, you know, he was looking to basically complete his contract that Jabba had sent him. And this was another scenario where Anakin Skywalker kind of got thrown into the mix in this particular instance. Uh he did not have his lightsaber with him, uh, and he was subdued and taken prisoner by Cad Bane, uh, which was, you know, kind of the running joke, I guess, within the Clone Wars. Anakin, uh, the the comments made in Attack of the Clones, where Obi-Wan, you know hands him back his lightsaber that had fallen out of the, the vehicle that they had boosted and told him
2: this weapon is your life
1: uh, Anakin was quite fond of, of either forgetting or leaving his lightsaber elsewhere and getting kind of caught with his pants down as a result
3: yeah, it always seemed to happen. But it's funny, you know, because you if you watched Obi Wan a lot, like the same thing would happen to him, you know. I mean, obviously he was his master, you know, and Anakin was his apprentice for much of this up until that point. But I mean, Obi Wan would lose his lightsaber. I mean, just look at Attack of the Clones itself. He loses his lightsaber there on the uh, pad at on Kamino. Kamino. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he loses. On the on the pad, the landing pad, where there, where he's fighting Django and Boba Fett, you know, he he ends up losing his lightsaber there. He's trying to get that back as he's fighting Django. I mean, it happened not only to Anakin; it would happen to Obi Wan as well.
1: Yeah, and I mean, it happened to him in *Revenge of the Sith* as well after he had faced off against uh, General Grievous. So uh, maybe that's why he was speaking with such authority to Anakin. He was uh, such an old hat at losing his lightsaber. He knew very well exactly what the implications of that that. could be. Yeah. All right, so uh, moving on from the, the plot to take the Senators hostage for the freeing of Zero the Hutt, there is a later uh, point in time where Bane then gets hired by the Hutt crime families after Zero had escaped his prison on Nalhutta, Hutta, and he was ha- helped in that particular endeavor by singer Cy Snoodles, who we are familiar with from Return of the Jedi, it was the singer that was uh, kind of wailing it out there in Jabba's Palace on Tatooine. But... They were. Uh, he was hired to recapture Zero the Hut, and he eventually managed to track down Zero on the planet Teth. But he had already been murdered by Snoodles, who basically had just been using him to find holodiary and wanted to kind of get some dirt on the Hut families. Uh, so Bane ended up running into the Jedi, who were also in the process of trying to track down Zero the Hut. And in that case, I believe it was Quinlan Voss and Obi Wan Kenobi. Uh, so Bane ran up against them on this particular planet of Teth and fortunately for him was able to escape uh, once again from the
0: Jedi who could have done this
2: looks like we're both too late for the party so this is not your handiwork no I wouldn't have made such a sloppy kill doesn't seem like much sense hanging around here or making any trouble between us
0: are you forgetting how you held the senate hostage i may not be capturing zero but you are going to prison well
2: now that you mention it the separatists are paying a million credits head for a jedi
0: Never did enjoy hanging out with you.
3: He just always finds a way to weasel out of these situations. It's a, it, it's incredible that it was so tough to capture him, and even if you did capture him, to hold him.
1: Yeah, but he does eventually get captured by the Republic, and there is an entire episode where the point of that particular plot is dealing with a prison break on Coruscant, uh, where Cad Bane is in the process of trying to break out, and Obi-Wan, who had been the target of some assassination attempts, uh, which I think is pretty fair to say were organized by Darcydious, uh, Obi-Wan faked his death and went undercover as a character named Rocco Hardin. And hooked up with Cad Bane, uh, was instrumental in the plan to kind of break them out of prison. And it was with the intent of kind of working himself into Cad Bane's organization to kind of bring them down for the Republic.
4: He stole a bounty from me, and I want an apology. Kill him, Ardeen,
2: like the Jedi! Kill him, What's Ardene? wrong, Ardeen? You lose your smile. You don't want to do this.
4: Oh, yes, I
2: do. I warned you. All right, all right, that's it. Voice over. No, it's it ain't. You got a problem with Boba. You got a problem with me.
0: All right, that's enough, Nick.
2: do Out of my plan paid off the kid to create a diversion. Let's go.
0: hey wait for me
2: no one invited you he killed a Jedi he could be helpful fine you're wasting
3: Now, it was interesting through this whole prison break that, uh, you know, Cad Bane really never trusted Pardeen. Uh, he was like, I don't know. There's something about this guy. But he was you could see the value in some, some of the things that he brought to the table. But you could tell that he had a sense that there was something not right about this guy. Obviously, Obi-Wan Kenobi in disguise. But so, again, there was there were the wheels were turning with Cad Bane, but he just couldn't put. Quite two and two together with this
1: one right and you know that is probably one of the things that was so instrumental in him becoming one of the best bounty hunters in the galaxy i think that in order to do that successfully you kind of have to have that sixth sense and be able to sniff out trouble uh, regardless of where it's coming from and in the case of cad bane uh you know having that sixth sense is one of the things that allowed him to you know have a chance against someone with the advanced abilities of a jedi
3: Yeah. Again, he had all the tools. He prepared himself. He prepared his weaponry to be able to battle who he thought would probably be his biggest nemesis to give him the biggest trouble, which were the Jedi. Uh, But he also had the aptitude to know what it would take to defeat them, to know ways around them, to know some of their weaknesses, to be prepared for situations that might occur.
1: Yeah, and one of the other interesting things about Cad Bane is that not only did he have interactions with Darth Sidious and Darth Maul, he then later in the Clone Wars also does some work for Count Dooku, who uh, we know as Darth Tyrannus, uh, on the planet of Sereno, Uh as they make their way after their prison break to Serenno and meet up with Count Dooku they end up getting involved in a contest that not, quote-unquote, not all participants would survive. So Dooku uh, took a number of people, including Cad Bane and uh, Rocco Hardeen, which was, again, Obi-Wan Kenobi in disguise, and put them in... I guess you'd call it an arena called The Box, which was a floating cube-like station, which was uh, where they held this tournament. And essentially they were given a number of challenges and typically each level that they passed, someone would be lost. Uh, and it was kind of a survivor type scenario, uh, but it ended up being uh, Rocco Hardeen and Cad Bane that were the ones that made it to the end. But certainly in the process of this uh, competition, uh, Cad Bane saw enough from Rocco Hardeen to know that there was uh, something kind of supernatural going on with him, and I think that just uh, further drove home the point that, that he wasn't quite who he said he was.
0: Welcome to Sereno. You have been invited here because you are the best bounty hunters in the galaxy. Kira Swan, two-time winner of the Obsidian Sphere. Daron, known simply as the Exterminator. 6 the Outland's Butcher. Embo, your bounty tallies were second only to one last season Cad Bane, who needs no introduction. Rako Hardin, the marksman of Concord Dawn. Jacoli, known for never bringing anyone back alive. Onka, you and your brother have been a legendary team. This challenge may prove difficult for you alone. Quasi, your acrobatics once earned you praise from Chancellor Valorum. Sinrich, inventor of the holographic disguise matrix. And finally, Bantu. Your people were once a peaceful race. How far they have fallen. In a few moments, all 11 of you will enter what we call the box. will not make it out alive. For those who do, we are looking for the five most skilled among you. Any additional survivors will be eliminated to preserve the integrity of the job that awaits you.
3: And by the way, this is a fascinating episode to watch. Absolutely. Uh, Different bounty hunters and uh, the different tasks they put them in. And yes, Hardeen, Obi-Wan as Hardeen, a lot of times would be able to read the scenario that they had to uh, progress through and find the best way to get the goal accomplished, to get to the next level or whatever you want to call it. Uh, So yeah, I mean, Cad Bane pretty much kind of put two and two together on there that something was going on with him. He finally was figuring it out. I don't think he really put together that it was actually Obi-Wan, but he knew that there was something different about this guy.
1: Yeah. And I should mention that there's another bounty hunter that survived that particular, uh, challenge named Moralo Eval, who was another member of Cad Bane's group. Uh, so the three of them were kind of the, the ones that survived this, uh, despite the fact that, um, Dooku had encouraged, uh, Harding to finish it all off at the end and, and Hardeen, um, uh, as Obi-Wan Kenobi and, and a Jedi Knight refused to kill him. Uh, so that certainly was a disappointment for Count Dooku. Uh, but the, it was really a test for the next task that Count Dooku had for these characters, which was the uh, kidnapping of Chancellor Palpatine during the Festival of Light on Naboo.
3: Yeah, that uh, was it. Was all planned just to find the strongest of the strongest, uh, to be prepared for anything that might occur, to actually uh, accomplish this goal of kidnapping Chancellor Palpatine.
1: Yeah, and so uh, with Bane in the lead of this particular plan, and Obi Wan still undercover as uh, as Hardine, they were able to infiltrate the crowd uh, near the Chancellor. Bane poised in the crowd as a Namoidian. So if you're if you're trying to of picture that race. You're thinking Newt Gunray from uh, Phantom Menace. And they destroyed a shield generator. They took the sh- Chancellor to a rendezvous point to meet up with Count Dooku. And uh, Dooku was kind of a no-show. Uh, so Obi-Wan attempted to try to take the Chancellor at that point and overpowered Cadbane Bane and uh, Evolve in a fight. So they eventually were arrested by Anakin Skywalker and Mace Windu. Uh, and Kenobi revealed himself uh, that he had been kind of operating undercover. And that really was the catalyst for Cad Bane, who, as Tom mentioned, you know, he was already on to the fact that something was off with Reiko Hardin, uh, but he swore vengeance against Obi Wan Kenobi for both undoing uh, his task as a bounty hunter, uh, but also uh, kind of playing him for a fool, which he didn't take very kindly to.
2: What did I tell you, Bane? My plan worked to perfection. It wasn't your plan. It was my execution of your plan. Come on, get up. How dare you disrespect Moralo Evo? Pat down. Where's Dooku? I thought you said mirrors here. That was the plan. You're not supposed to be here yet. I don't want to be double crossed and left behind again. I think we've all been double crossed. Dooku's a no show. What do you mean? What do we do with the Chancellor now? We'll ransom him ourselves. If Dooku won't pay us, somebody else will. I'm afraid the Chancellor's coming with me.
0: Make sure the chancellors return safely to the palace. You did a good job, Obi-Wan. Kenobi,
2: I should have known something smelled wrong about you from the start. Yes, well, spending so much time with
0: you was no reward either.
2: Reward? I'll give you a reward when I plug you full of laser bolts.
0: Such a pleasant fellow. I hope this was all worth it. We saved the Chancellor. That's the important thing.
3: Boy, you know, you think of Obi-Wan Kenobi, and you think of the old hermit there in uh, Star, the original Star Wars episode four, New Hope and everything, and it's hard to believe that there were so many vendettas against him between Cad Bane and Darth Maul. I mean, there were so many people that wanted to get to him, and that just shows you how how well accomplished he was during that period of the Clone Wars.
1: Yeah, he had the entire Death Watch, uh, which was kind of a militaristic subset of the Mandalorians uh, that were kind of after him because he kept uh, interfering with kind of Mandalorian uh, politics. He Every time he would end up on the planet of Mandalore, he would, he would throw off some schemes. So he certainly was a character that had all kinds of enemies everywhere, and uh, I think it's going to be really interesting. I mean, this ties in nicely to the fact that we now know that there's going to be a Kenobi uh, live-action series coming to Disney+, and and I think it's really going to be interesting to see where those storylines go. It just seems like, you know, we're talking about a fairly extensive period of time, at least 18, 19 years, uh, that he was on Tatooine with the sole task of protecting Luke Skywalker. And I've got to believe that there were a number of threats, both to himself and Luke, that uh, they can kind of delve into during that period and, and tell some really interesting stories.
3: Yeah, I I think I read somewhere, and I don't know if it's just speculation or if they've actually heard, someone actually got information on this somewhere, but that uh, the Kenobi series is going to take place, uh, I think it was eight years after Revenge of the Sith. Uh, So, you know, obviously he's been watching after Luke for eight years on uh, Tatooine, but uh, that puts it in a good place for a lot of possibly different characters to come along. I know a lot of people have talked about, you know, that there's this, uh, this thing with him and Darth Maul, and that does, you know, eventually those two do get together and do uh, square off in Rebels. But uh, I don't see, because of the fact that there was so much within the Clone Wars and Rebels, for that matter, that Darth Maul was trying to seek out and find Kenobi, that that could realistically be something, unless it's something under completely under the radar where Maul doesn't know that he is squaring off with Obi-Wan Kenobi.
1: Yeah, I think that'd be a kind of a tough ask, especially given what we see in some of the later animated series. But uh, again, I think that they're going to have a hard time telling any stories related to Obi Wan Kenobi that people aren't going to be ready to eat up, no matter no matter what the topic is. I'm first in line. I'm telling <laughs> you. I'm- first in line. I can't, I can't argue with you there. I'm absolutely ready to see it as well. So really, it you know, at this point, the only other thing uh, that Cad Bane had himself involved with uh, related to the Clone Wars was uh, at one point later in the Clone Wars, uh, there was a Separatist bombing of the Jedi Temple, and uh, Cad Bane was the one that had provided the uh, the layouts of the Jedi Temple to that Separatist captain named Rockham Seer, uh, and you'd have to assume that this is the same information that was provided to him uh, by Emperor Palpatine for his earlier missions so uh, again he he was uh, very enterprising not only would he complete his bounties uh, and get his payment for doing that but he had other ways to kind of leverage that information and get additional profits out of it so uh, certainly not not someone to be trifled with at all.
3: Now no question that he was smart Uh, shifty he had uh, skills he was a great fighter uh there were a lot of things he could accomplish and yes you did not want to get in his way if you could help it for sure
1: yep absolutely so that's pretty much going to wrap it up for cad bane tom did you have anything else you wanted uh, to throw out there as far as cad was concerned no but i do think we we don't really know
3: where Cad Bane's story ended. Uh, so is, is there the possibility that he may be making an appearance in uh, Kenobi or whatever, Obi-Wan, whatever they're going to call the eventual Obi-Wan Kenobi series? It wouldn't shock me if that were the case or that he pops up somewhere else within canon as we move along. Because again, I, I, I at least within canon, I do not know of a hearing of his passing. So that means he could still be out there for many, many years afterwards, especially, uh, you know, the, uh, the race that he is, he, he could have lived for many, many decades.
1: Yeah. And certainly if any of our listeners out there have run across any additional Cad Bane content, uh, that you think would be applicable to this particular episode, certainly reach out to us and let us know. Um, as Tom said, I mean, if there is a reference to him, uh, dropped in any of the comics that we may not have run across, uh, certainly we want to know about it. And it's something that we can add to this particular episode or, or bring up in a future episode to make sure that we kind of wrap that up neat and tidy but as you know as you were talking about Tom I think that given the fact that he had such a, a vendetta against Obi-Wan Kenobi that there's certainly grounds for him to be a character that we see during the during the Kenobi live action series and if not uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he crops up in the comics or maybe even uh, if we're fortunate enough to get any additional novels uh, for that period of time kind of between uh, the Revenge of the sith into uh, a new hope that would be a great character to uh, dive back into
3: i have no doubt we're not done seeing cad bane stories within canon no matter where it is on the star wars timeline but uh yeah that's such a great character and he does bring some interesting
1: twists and turns whenever he does make an appearance yeah, so uh, in regards to the Hallinett news of the week, I mean the big news item this week was the opening of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge down at the Walt Disney World Resort. Uh, if any of you have been following it, it was pretty interesting to watch opening day. They had uh, at 3 a.m., uh, which is far earlier than the park normally opens. I think they were opening at 6 a.m. that day, uh, officially to let uh, early fans get into Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. But uh, there's a walking path that goes from the entrance at uh, at sorry at Disney's Hollywood Studios, all the way back to a resort area uh, over near the boardwalk called Crescent Lake, and. It was an impressive line to see lined up outside. Uh, But to the credit of the cast members there at the Galaxy's Edge at Walt Disney World, uh, it sounded like they did a phenomenal job by kind of uh, mid-late afternoon. The land was in a status where you could pretty much walk in uh, and take in everything that was going on there. Uh, And it looks like they've done some really cool things with some themed air ventilation systems, a series of large and small that they've got placed around to kind of keep air flowing because it is so much more of a hot and humid environment, especially in the summer uh, than what you're typically going to find out at Disneyland most of the year. So uh, definitely kudos to anyone who is involved with the opening of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge down there at Walt Disney World Resort. Yeah,
3: we did see some times where uh, William Falcon Smugglers run at the beginning, uh, where pretty much everybody just kind of rushed to that attraction, since it's the only true attraction that is within this land as we speak right now. Uh, So we we did see times listed up to like 300 minutes, but that quickly uh, started to decrease and get down to a more reasonable you know 90 minute uh you know 70 minute time like you said Rob. Yeah, eventually people were able to just walk right in you didn't need a boarding group or whatever to get in there and that's a lot of what we're seeing at the disneyland resort right now so it's it it, it's been a success from what we can tell and i I, again i still believe that both the the uh The lands on both coasts are still kind of going through a learning process of how to let people in. How many is too many? How many is too few? And kind of balance that out. And eventually, I think that they'll find their way and and have an excellent couple lands that we all can enjoy whenever we make it to both of the Disney resorts.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, as I may have mentioned in previous episodes, uh, next week I'm going to be headed out to Disneyland Resort. uh, End of next week, Uh, going. To be enjoying Star Wars Galaxy's Edge out there with Tom and his wife Michelle, uh, so we're very much looking forward to that, and I definitely want to come back on and talk about, you know, what that experience is like, uh, and I'm going to be looking forward to hitting up the, the Walt Disney World version uh, later in December, so uh, it's going to be kind of neat to see both of the lands and be able to kind of compare and contrast them and uh, see which areas of which land um, I think maybe have done, done things better, but for the most part, it sounds like it's, it's It's pretty close to an identical land. The only advantage I'm going to have at Walt Disney World is going to be uh, getting access to the Rise of the Resistance ride down there, which if anyone has seen the footage that came out at D23, uh, it looks like an incredible, incredible attraction. And it's going to be uh, definitely a lot to take in in the end of December there.
3: Yeah, uh, my wife and myself, we were Michelle. We had a uh, a lunch uh, with an Imagineer, which is something you can do when you're at the Walt Disney World Resort. And uh, he had worked on Star Wars: Galaxy's Edge and the Rise of the Resistance. And he said right off the bat that that attraction is going to blow you away when it eventually opens up. And every uh, every little bit of footage I get from it, every little concept art piece that I get out of it, it just looks that much more exciting and I cannot wait for December. We'll be out there in December as well. Unfortunately, not matching time with you, Rob, but uh, we're going to be out there just uh, about, a don't know, I think it's about a week and a half after uh, the Rise of the Resistance opens and so excited to give it a try and then uh, get back out here on the West Coast in January uh, when it opens up at the Disneyland Resort.
1: Awesome. Well, I'm very much looking forward to uh, meeting up with you guys next week and having some adventures in Galaxy Edge out there, and I'm going to be posting, uh, I think, some content based on that um, once we we get there. I'm also going to be doing some video content, uh, and I will let people know where that's going to be at once I figure out how that's going to get uploaded to YouTube. So uh, if you're interested in checking out our take on Star Wars Galaxy's Edge in a video, uh, I will give you the information on that. Uh, Tom, do you want to go ahead and give your uh, information on your Hyperion Adventures podcast uh, to our listeners so they know where to find you if they're looking for kind of more uh, wide ranging Disney content, Marvel content, as well as your Star Wars Remembered series?
3: Absolutely. Thank you, Robin. Yes, we are doing our Star Wars Remembered series where we're counting down to the rise of Skywalker, episode nine, the end of the Skywalker saga, by going through uh, the Star Wars chronological order of the, the way the f- films were released so it was from episode one forward to finishing out with episode nine and rob joins us for each of those episodes and this month we will be doing uh the empire strikes back later on and you can find our podcast best place is Podcast.com, but we're also on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify stitcher uh, you can find us lots of places and if you ever want to follow along with us on social media we are on twitter at hyperion podcast facebook instagram and pinterest at hyperion adventures podcast
1: Thank you so much, Tom. And, uh, as far as we're concerned, if you want to reach out to us regarding any of our current or past episodes or topics for upcoming episodes, we would love to hear from you. Uh, in terms of finding the podcast, uh, you can find us really on any uh, major podcast uh, platform, uh, or on our website at jtapodcast.com. And if you want to reach out to us with those ideas or with anything related to star Wars, even if it's just to kind of start up a conversation, we would love to do that with you. Um, You can shoot us an email at podcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest at jtapodcast. And we can most typically be found out on Twitter uh, if you're looking to kind of have an exchange back and forth that way. So we would love to get some ideas for future shows in terms of what our listeners want to hear about or if there's any areas of Star Wars that... Uh, maybe you feel like haven't been explored enough in the movies or any of the content you've watched. So uh, looking forward to hearing those from people. Other than that, uh, we will be putting out an episode next week, and I'm going to have one kind of in the hopper for that week that we are on vacation. So uh, looking forward to putting those out there for you guys. Uh, Have a great week. Thank you so much for listening, and may the Force be with you. you.